Simplified Chaos, episode 131. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Wonderful friends, welcome to Simplify Chaos again, or for the first time. I'm Jillian, one of your hosts, and I'm with my co-host and husband, Nicholas. What's going on, folks? We hope you all are having a wonderful week. We have got another great episode here for you today, a special episode because this one is an interview episode. Jilly, who did you sit down with this week? Oy, I was such a fangirl uh, this week because I was able to sit down with Cassie Joy Garcia. I have been a huge fan of hers for quite some time. I think ever since I got into nutrition and I think she's one of the main reasons why I wanted to become a nutrition consultant was just... Oh, I did um, not know that. I listened to a nutrition podcast back in the day, which led me to her podcast back in the day. And it was funny when I was chatting with her, um, I completely forgot that she had a podcast. I was like, I guess my fangirl nerves were getting to me. And I was like, (laughs) how did I forget that I'm the worst host ever? Anyway, um, I sit down and chat with Cassie Joy Garcia. She is a wife, a busy mama, and she is the founder and editor-in-chief and a nutrition consultant um, for Fed and Fit. And she started doing food blog, and it just has evolved into so much more um, healthy life changes, wellness. I mean... She's such a joy, and I I say like every time I would hear her or see her, she just radiates like happiness all the time, and I'm just like, how do you do it? Like how? Um, so we dive into all of the things. You know, she talks about her new book, which is so exciting because it's all about simplifying dinner at home, and so you can have more time for doing what you love. It's and, definitely right up our alley. Uh, exactly. So we chat about her her new project, her new book that's called Cook Once Dinner Fix. Um, we talk about self-care. We talk about what movement looks like for her now. We talk about setting boundaries and just so much other really good juicy stuff that just to help us live more intentional and happier life. So, yeah. Very good. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Here is Jill's episode with Cassie. Welcome Cassie to a simplified chaos. I am so, so grateful to have you here. I'm still like geeking out. Like I said earlier, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. All right. So usually we start every episode with gratitude and I thought just to kick it off, if there is one thing you are grateful for today, what would that be? One thing I am grateful for today is for sure going to, I mean, I'm feeling very grateful for my health right now. Um, I think that that's one of those count your blessings items that I, I mean, the last year and a half, I think has really shown me to be grateful for my health every single day, but it's one of those things that I think I take for granted, you know, and I go, go, go. And I think, well, I'm really grateful that thing worked out the way I wanted it to work out and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm able to do so much because I have my health. I love that. Um, 
Well, I'm just going to be really obvious. I'm just grateful to have you here, this space. Um, I'm grateful for this podcast, opening up the opportunity to talk to amazing individuals like yourself. So thank you for taking the time and energy. I know you are a busy mama. You are an entrepreneur. So I just appreciate you, you know, pausing your life to do this. This is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, it's, I really, I'm excited to be here. Um, so, I mean, I know who you are, but for our listeners who may not know much about you, I was hoping you could just share a little bit about yourself as much as you want, just how you, you know, arrived to being here today with me. Yeah, I would love to. So I started Fed and Fit as a personal blog. It was a little over 10 years ago and I, which it feels so surreal to say that number, um, because it's just been something that yet it's, it's work and it's my job now, thank goodness. But for so long, really for six years, it was more of a hobby than anything. Um, and, but that spirit of it, the excitement I have, and the fact that I would still do it for free, you know, it's still the same. Um, I started it, like I said, as a personal blog to kind of share some of my lessons learned in health and wellness and in the kitchen. And, went on to become a holistic nutritionist so that I could share more information. And my stance has always been, you know, you best, you know, your body best, you know, your family best. And what I can do is I can, we can meet now me with the team of people that I get to work with, but we can dig through the research and the literature and present all the information and you choose what's right for you. So kind of a no rules perspective is how I like to really tackle and have a voice in the wellness world. Um, and then while the team is busy publishing incredible content on fedfit.com four to five times a week, I think we're publishing four different peanut butter cookie recipes (laughs) tomorrow, for example. Um, they are very hard at work. I get to do things like write books and problem solve in the kitchen. That's what I really love to do is I like to think of myself as a problem solver and not that I have all the answers by any stretch of the imagination. If I did, I'd have no problems myself, but you know, as I run up against something that's not working in my own life, for example, um, like why is dinner such a challenge to get on the table night after night? And I love to cook, you know, it's not that that's a barrier for me, Um, like it could be for somebody, but it's still a challenge, especially with young children at home. And so, um, wanted to solve that problem. And that's what I, what I get to tackle and what I did with this new book. And I bought your first book fed and fit. And the reason I loved it so much is because like you said, you don't really give rules, but you give this great structure and guidelines with like boundaries, but you still have the freedom to choose your own rhythm and recipes that work for you. And you kind of empower women or moms or anyone out there in in the cooking world, especially if you're new to cooking, but you should see the book. I have it now. It's like bookmarked so many things. And I actually use your recipe just for inspiration for like a fridge dump meal with like leftovers. So I love that your book is accessible for so many opportunities in cooking. It's not just like the expert cook. It's like the beginning cook, the overwhelmed cook. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm so looking forward to your new book coming out. And I guess, since you mentioned it, um, would you like to chat a little bit about it? Just, um, I know you said you were facing problems, I guess, what were some of the struggles you were noticing in motherhood or just in the kitchen overall with just preparing meals that led you to create the book? 
Yes. So I saw that I tried on two different ways to get dinner on the table for size and neither one of them felt sustainable for me in the long run. One option was uh, to just meal prep everything in advance. And that didn't really work for me because, because I do work, I'm a working mother. I have my evenings and my mornings and my weekends at home. And I really want to spend that time with my family doing not that cooking can't be a family activity, but my kiddos are still super young. And so it's just even more of a challenge. You know, it's what my three and a half year old can stand up in her kitchen stool and mix things for me. But my one and a half year old is on the floor wanting mama to pick her up. (laughs) And so, you know, it's just the prepping and making all of my food in advance wasn't a sustainable model, not to mention because it was so much work and effort and time away from my family, but it was also really expensive because I wound up wasting a lot of money on groceries because I'd make all this food. And not only by Wednesday, am I tired of just reheating food and I'm sick of it, but (laughs) I'm more likely to say, Oh, forget it. Let's just still order takeout. (laughs) And so that just wasn't working for us and for our family. And then the other thing that I do occasionally and have tried on for size over and over again is making a fresh dinner every single night, um, or multiple nights a week. And I would go through that activity and think to myself, you know, maybe it takes 45 minutes to an hour to pull together. And then we eat it in 12 minutes. And then I <laughs> so true, <laughs> you know, and then I, if that we're lucky to get 12 minutes. Right. And then I spend another 45 minutes cleaning up afterwards. And at the end of it, I'm just like, Whoa, I mean, I'm glad I got to feed my family, but dang, I've got, feel like I've got nothing else to show for it <laughs> other than they've got full bellies and they're now off in the bathtub. And so I thought there's got to be, I want to be able to roll some of this effort forward. I want to be able to finish dinner time and not think it's all over. All that effort Mm. is over now. And so coming up with a model that allowed me to kind of meal prep while I was cooking and allowed me to roll some of that effort forward so that dinner time felt like a downhill slide. It was planned. It was going to be easy. It wasn't going to take a lot of time and energy. My family was going to love it versus an uphill climb where I was like, Oh gosh, it's two o'clock. What am I making again tonight? And then I would spend too much energy planning it, making it, and then cleaning up. And I love how you experimented. I feel like there's so many people out there probably like shaking their heads. Like they know exactly what you're talking about. They've tried all the different routines and like hacks. So they call it to like make a quick and easy, healthy-ish dinner. And you know, and there's different seasons of life too. So some may be really well, and some are like, yeah, it's not working out right now. Uh, my daughter is three too. And again, like her ability to do certain things in the kitchen is very slim. So the time is nice to be with her, but ultimately she is like, mom, pick me up. Or like, you know, I want to do something else. So I think that's so cool how you ebb and flow, what your planning look like to make it work for you and your family. Um, if you wouldn't mind, I'm such a visual learner. Would you, and I know we can't really show pictures on a podcast. Can you give an example of like how it works when you have a recipe? Cause you said you kind of meal prep as you're cooking in a way for like the next meal. And I'm so fascinated what that really looks like. Yes, I would love to. Okay. So one example that I can give, um, I say ground beef. We'll just use ground beef as an example. So the book is broken up into five chapters. There's poultry, beef, pork, seafood, and vegetarian by popular request with seafood and vegetarian. And I love those chapters in the book. I'm so glad they're included. Um, and a really easy example 
the way this whole book is structured is to save you as much time as possible, but not sacrificing delicious food in the name of making things easy. And so when you look at dinner time, the part of the meal that takes the most time and the most energy to pull together is the protein. That's where the, it takes the longest to cook it. It's probably the fussiest, right? It's probably the most in where you're a little bit, Ooh, I need to make sure I do this right. (laughs) Um, and, and then you, so you make that and then all the, uh, the rest of it that goes with it is kind of an accompaniment. And so what I think is if that's going to be the most difficult part, what if we just double the amount of protein we're prepping and then use half of it tonight and half of it in a future meal. And so for example, let's say it's a ground beef dinner series. That's what I call them as dinner series. Cause they're in pairs is we Brown, let's say three pounds of ground beef. All right. So maybe there's a sale on ground beef at the grocery <laughs> store, lean into the sale, grab it while you can Brown all those crumble it in a pan And that's way more than you need for tonight. Meal one is going to be an enchilada casserole. So once that meat is ground and browned and cooked, we're going to use it to make a really delicious enchilada casserole. And I encourage you to lean into enchilada sauce, the already made stuff, make it as easy on yourself as possible. Create the layers with the tortillas. I walk you through the whole thing, finish it with the cheese, stick it in the oven. And then that becomes dinner tonight. And we're just sticking it in the oven to melt the cheese essentially. The rest of that ground beef, pack it up. It's already cooked. And then on, let's say two nights from now, when you're ready for supper again, for beef again, (laughs) we're going to do a teriyaki style stir fry. And so into a big skillet goes a whole bunch of vegetables that you want to incorporate in this stir fry. You get a pot of white rice going things that are very, very simple and easy and straightforward to do. And then when the veggies are ready, you add the meat, the already cooked meat back into the pan, add your sauces, dinner's done. And so you've just saved yourself so much time with that second dinner because you've already done the hardest part the day before when it was no extra work for you. That's genius. (laughs) And I did something like that. Like I would double the protein, but I would like double the whole meal. So it would be like, instead of one serving of tacos, I'd have tacos again, but there are families that are like, I am sick of eating tacos. (laughs) How, like, what else can we make with this? So I had to get creative with like, what else can I make with this meal? That's kind of already together, but Mm -hmm. that's so genius. And I imagine would save so much time and energy for anyone who was cooking and it allows you to still be creative too, instead of just having the same meal over and over again, which yeah. is awesome. Wow. Um, so you said you had vegetarian options too. I do. Yes. Okay. So the vegetarian chapter has 12 dinner series in it. So that's 24 complete dinners in the veggie chapter. And it is really, really delicious. I entered into it. Um, we have, we eat vegetarian sometimes, but it's not ever where I would flex my <laughs> excitement in the kitchen. Just to be honest, yeah. I, I, um, followed a vegan lifestyle for a year in my early twenties. And I, I learned a lot about vegetables, different vegetables then. Um, and so this was a great challenge for me in to pull something together that was still super straightforward and very easy. So even though night one is going to involve more cooking, I want to make sure it's very simple and straightforward for you. It was that they're easy, straightforward veggie recipes, but you feel like you're eating something really wonderfully flavorful and is very interesting. And so those dishes are out of this world. I'm really, really proud of them. I mean, all of the sauces that I've already made from your other cookbook have been 
awesome. And I, like I said, I'm going to keep saying simplicity because I felt like I look at a cookbook and I have to see pictures. Like I usually don't buy it unless there's a photograph of the meal and it has to be less than so many ingredients because then I get completely <laughs> overwhelmed to be honest. So, um, I'm really looking forward to all of new sauces and then like new combinations. I'm like geeking out already over here about it. Um, so amongst all of this beautiful work you're doing with like food and I know you're promoting like healthy lifestyle wellness, like how do you fit in time for yourself? Like, what does that look like for you? How do you prime yourself? Because I think another thing that I was energetically aligned to you when I would listen to you, like on a guest of another podcast, cause I first heard you on balance bites, I believe. Mm -hmm. I was like the first ever podcast I started. And I was like, how is this woman so joyful? <laughs> how you're so buoyant. Like it, it was just addictive. Like your energy is so addictive. And I'm just like, how does she prime herself every day to keep going, to have all this joy and whatever you're doing? Like, I, I would just love for you to share, like, what does your self-care look like? How do you make time for you, your boundaries? Like that all fascinates me so much. I think I wanted to joke and say I'm well caffeinated, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm also now very pregnant and I'm caffeinated, but not as caffeinated as I would have been otherwise. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of it comes down to, I have very firm boundaries that I do set in place. And I think that that has, and I've, this is only because I've lived on the other side of the fence and I know how exhausting that can be to have boundaries that either you don't set or you don't uphold. And I think that has really helped. It's really helped, at least in this season, being mom, work, wife, all of the different role, friend, all the different roles that I play um, is to have, I'm a rebel is my tendency. And so I resist structure. However, I thrive under blocks of time. And so by doing that, I'm a, really able to be fully present somewhere when I am there. And so my working hours are really firm and I communicate them aggressively. I don't like not forcefully, but I'm <laughs> very upfront, I guess, about communicating my hours and where, where people can reach me. And I think that that really helps. I think that if you don't tell people what works best for you, they don't know how to honor working with you or chatting with you. Um, and so for example, and of course there's exceptions to this family is always going to be an exception for the most part, friends, close friends reach out anytime you need me kind of thing. Um, but my working hours are nine to three 30 and hopefully a little bit shorter as time goes on. And as the team continues to grow, um, I am going to move more towards part-time as my kids need me more and more right now. Um, and so, but that's really firm and I'm out of the house. And then I'm fully here and present for work, but my team knows you're welcome to send me messages. I use Voxer. It's an app a lot. I really love it. And I say, you're welcome to send me a message at 1130 at night, but no, I'm not going to reply until at least 9am tomorrow. If that, if you know, and I'll get to it when I can, but it'll be within the, those windows. And then when I'm home, I'm home, you know, and I'm able to put my phone away and yes, I'm missing out on things. You know, yes, there's going to be opportunities that are dropped because I'm not able to respond immediately to something or like my inbox right now is a nightmare. I think I have 1500 emails <laughs> that have gone unread. And so what I've done is just really tried to lean into the fact that, but what I get in return is I can be fully present when I'm home. Um, and, and that just keeps me able to refill, keep that cup really full. 
Uh, boundaries are so tough, but you're right. It, the communication piece, it's, it's, it's so simple, but it's really hard sometimes. So like voice, like I need a minute to collect myself or to get outside. Um, so what do you do? I'm just curious as a, a huge fan, like, what do you do for fun these days? I know like when you first wrote, wrote fed and fit, like you and Julie have these like CrossFit picture, oh, like yeah. to see you doing all these exercises. I'm so curious now that you're a mom, like, what does that transition look like for you and staying healthy? Like, what are you doing in movement wise? Um, yeah. What does that look like for you today? Oh my gosh. I am. <laughs> it's very different today. Uh, <laughs> I, so I'm pregnant with my third right now in this pregnancy feels, I talked, I was talking to my mom and my husband. I was like, God willing, I would love to have one more baby for whatever reason this was put on my heart that four is the number that we were supposed to parent. And whether that happens, you know, by birth or by another method, I'm open to all of the options, but, you know, knowing that this may not be my last pregnancy, I told my husband and my mom was like, but I know why people stop at three, <laughs> like, because, and I, cause I know a lot of people that had a third baby and they were like, and seen and <laughs> not that the kiddos, yes, the kiddos are, um, you know, it's a there's a lot. It's a lot uh, to chase that many babies around, but the pregnancy itself, pregnancy itself has been challenging. And so um, physically challenging. So I, for what I'm doing now is like walks. Um, I have to wear these very fancy uh, compression stockings these days on my legs to keep some of the painful veins at bay. Um, and so I am not able to be on my feet as often as I want. So exercises really just chase. It sounds might sound so, I don't know, uh, just haphazard, but chasing the kids around and, you know, and playing with them in the backyard pool, a blow up pool. It's nothing, um, too fancy, but, you know, sitting there with them, having fruit in the sunshine and trying to just stay active in that way as much as I can. And then when I'm not pregnant and my body isn't going through this incredibly incredible transition, you know, it's an amazing thing that it's able to do. Um, I really, I still like CrossFit style classes. I, I don't know if it's just that my my fitness brain was formed in, <laughs> in that time, but I really like being able to go because I feel like I lead in so many areas of my life. I really like being able to go to a gym that I really trust. I've been going there for also 10 years almost and say, like, you tell me what to do. Like, I will just, you tell me and yeah. I'll do it. You know, yes, it's so nice. Um, so that's definitely my my preferred method. I do enjoy running when I'm not in any kind of physical pain. And so once I'm fully recovered, I really like running if I've got a safe place to do it. Awesome. I feel you with like less decisions, like give me a program, give me something. It's like, do this, do that next. It's like, and you're right. That trusting piece is so important because I feel like after having Lucille, it's like, I don't know. I feel like before it was like, oh, if I pull a muscle, it's cool. I'll rest. But now it's like, no, if I pull a muscle, like that's going to be ridiculous trying to keep up with that nugget. Like totally. I got to like be really safe about like treating my body a certain way. So I'm not injuring myself or doing something silly. Like, oh, I can do five more burpees and then tweak something. It's just my mindset is completely different now working out after having her. So I love that you said the whole chasing kids around. Cause I feel like that game is going hard for me right now. It's just play hard. That is like my exercise yoga twice a week if I can, but, um, 
yeah, I feel you so much on the, just the playing part for sure. <laughs> it is. That's the season. And then after that, I just, I also worked for Lululemon for a hot minute as an educator when I was in my early twenties and I got a taste for just doing all kinds of fun classes. And I'm still also a little bit wired that way. I love being able to do a little of a little kickboxing, a little yoga, a little CrossFit, some strength training, you know, go on a 5k run with some friends. I mean, that was when I was single and in my twenties, but <laughs> you know, I, the spirit of that, of playing with fitness is something that I still really enjoy. Um, and I think that that's really benefited me in transitioning to the season of motherhood, because I didn't really put fitness in a box of being fit looks like this. Then I think I've been able to really roll with not to make motherhood sound so, uh, combative, but I'm going to roll with the punches, but you know, of just this different season, I'm able to say, you know, I, I wear an Apple watch mostly because then it allows me to put my phone down when I'm at home and still get text messages. Um, if anybody needs me, but it also keeps track of my steps and I'll still look at the, my phone. I'm sure you can relate. And I'm like, wow, I still walked six miles today in my own home. I never left the house. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. It's weird because I was wired the opposite of you. Like I always thought fitness was a look and I had to completely mm -hmm. change my mindset when becoming a mom, because I realized that I didn't have the time and energy to do that. So, um, motherhood has treated my mind very well and has made me just appreciate more of the feeling of my body versus the look. So I'm grateful for Lucille changing that mindset for me, but that's so great that you had that at a young age. And yeah, I believe having fun, finding ways to move your body in a way that's fun for you is like, the best combination ever. Um, but so with all of that going on, what does your support system look like with your husband, like behind the scenes? Um, I know like support is everything, at least for us, like when I'm your family, like leaning on them when I need to do certain things. So what is your support system look like behind the scenes when you have, you know, things going on for you or the business? Oh my gosh, it is. I'm very well supported, but I've also, I know myself. I, I wanted fed and fit to continue. And if it all rested on my shoulders, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I would, I would stop. I would give up because it's very, very demanding in this industry, which is the online content creation industry. You have to be consistent. That's number one rule is to be consistent. Number two rule is to make sure that whatever you're putting out is actually great content. Um, but it's, but it follows number one, which is be consistent. And that's not my strong suit. I will follow through and I will be reliable if someone is, if I'm accountable to something or if I've committed myself, cause I choose to do that. But if I don't have this burning desire or this interest to keep something going, I, I won't, I know that about my personality. And so it was always really important to me to make sure that I, if I wanted fed and fit to continue, which I do, but I don't want to, I know that I'm going to have seasons where I'm like, no, I, I'm really feeling it <laughs> right now. Um, I need to build a support system there. And so I made the very intentional decision to start expanding the team and hiring people. And I get to work with the most wonderful people who are incredibly consistent, <laughs> which is great. And I still get to participate. The content is still mine in a lot of ways, but it's a collaboration now. So like those, you know, peanut butter cookies going live on the website, I would never have published them. I would have said, 
we're not publishing any recipes on the website because I'm really focused all of my energy on the book, but they're able to keep it going. Um, and so that is a huge part of the support system. So when you see fed and fit constantly pushing out content, publishing reliable, reli key, reliable emails every Friday with meal plans for people, we send that out to our entire email list. Um, constantly coming up with wonderful resources, that's because of the team and they really get all the credit. And I am so grateful to be able to work with them. And then on the home front, I just happened to have, I feel like I got the partner lottery. I won the partner lottery. Austin, my husband is just one of the most supportive and kind humans ever. And even if I weren't his wife, I think I would say that a lot of his friends would say that about him. Um, he, and I just get to be the very lucky person who gets to call him my spouse. And he, when we started, I was in love with him in college, uh, well before we started dating, to be totally Aww. honest. Um, and we never, we did not date. And I remember thinking like, I guess I had that wrong. And then I didn't, <laughs> I definitely had it right. Um, but when we started dating later on and when we reconnected at later as adults, I had started fed and fit. And part of that relationship was started and kindling to it was his interest in what I was doing. And I telling him that I really felt like this was my calling and problem solving and sharing in the wellness space and being a consistent, warm, welcoming voice. Um, and I didn't think it, that was really as present as I thought it could be. And so he was, he has been invested since day one or since really day zero, you know, before we really thought that we might date, um, well, before he thought we might date, um, you know, he was interested in making this a success. And so it's just wonderful. You know, I'm in a really packed season right now, which I'm grateful for, but I know without, I feel comfortable taking that on because I know that he's got my back, you know, and he's not, there's not going to be any weird feelings around it. And a part of that also is because I try to honor him in this process as well and make sure that talking about boundaries, you know, that Saturday I say, you go, you get out of the house for six hours, go play with your friends. <laughs> you know, you go play, go fill your cup. I love being home on a Saturday with the girls that fills my cup, but that's not the same for him. You know, small kids are just tough sometimes, at least for him. And so I say, get out and go play and spend some adult time. And so he just, I think we just really try to have each other's back. And that helps a lot. Oh, I love that. The whole go out and play with your friends now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get out of here. Exactly. And then I would be remiss if I didn't say that. I mean, I have childcare for the girls and that was another decision riddled in what ifs and should I's you know, as a mom and what does my identity as a mother look like in that? And I don't, in my immediate friend circle here, I don't have any other friends who make decisions the same way I do. And it can feel very lonely, um, to make some of those decisions, but bringing in really great child care for a portion of the girl's day. And then also somebody that can help us at home so that when I am home, I'm there you know, and letting go of those things and letting go of the fact that I feel like I should be the one that always washes the dishes or cleans the floor. Not that Austin doesn't help, but, you know, just wanting to have that as part of my mom, wife, you know, identity and letting it go because what I am able to do on the other side, I'm not willing to let go of. Mm. All of what you said, beautiful tie a ribbon on it. That was 
beautiful package. Um, so I guess, um, like right now in this season of life, what are you truly valuing the most? I know you have a new book and I'm sure that's like so freaking exciting. Um, I guess what else are you really truly valuing right now? Um, other things that I'm really valuing. So I'm 35 years old and it's become really apparent to me when, or becoming more apparent to me who a just a true friend is in this season of life, you know? And there's a Girl Scout song. I was, I was a Girl Scout for a very long time. And nice. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's this one and I'm sure that's not the Girl Scouts don't own it, but that's where I remember it from was a uh, friend, some are silver, some are gold, some are here for a season and some are for a long time. And I've, I've been a, like aware of that concept for a very long time, but it's really just been in recently that I've realized who my, those really, truly evergreen gold type friends are. And I'm really valuing them and remembering when to pour into those friendships and how to be grateful for them and then tell them Mm. and communicate that with them. I think that's really important. And so it's like, yes, there's a lot going on, but I have a girlfriend who she just started a new job and I'm going to pull an hour. She's she's working pretty far away, but I was like, I'm going to pull an hour of my day and go take her a coffee to work to celebrate this thing. She's so excited about because not because of any particular reason, other than I just want to be a part of that friendship with her, regardless of what's going on. I completely feel you on that. Um, We just recently moved and I'm realizing like finding friends as an adult in a new area is a little bit trickier than I thought. It is. And someone was like, well, I can introduce you to all of my mom friends. And to me, it's like, I want quality versus quantity. And part of me is like, that would be great to have a lot of friends. But I feel like this point in my life, I'm all about finding those quality people that I can totally be myself with. And like, right off the bat, we have that connection. And I know that's asking a lot, but I'm like, it's almost like finding a partner. Like I want to have, I want to invest in someone that I feel like is going to equally invest in me. And it's, it's really tricky as an adult, but I feel like as I've gotten older and I'm 35 too, I feel more confident in my decisions and more consciously aware of the people that I want to surround myself with and the people that you know, I may have to let go out of my life and it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, I'm growing and evolving. So my friendships naturally are going to be doing the same. Um, but I completely resonate with you hundred yep. <laughs> percent. Yep. Absolutely. It is tough to make friends as an adult. I texted, I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, I texted no. one of my dear friends who does not live near me. And I said, how did you make friends as an adult? And she was like, my mind is blown that you're asking me this right now. <laughs> It was actually Liz Wolf. I texted her and I was like, how, how do I make friends as an adult? (laughs) It's it's so tricky. It really is. And for some reason, I'm not big on Facebook, but Facebook groups have been really great. It helped me connect with other moms, which I never thought. I'm like, okay, Facebook, I see you. You've got some potential. Yeah. Uh, um, Okay. Is there anything, I mean, this might be the one thing you're excited about that you're working on right now that you're like really enthusiastic about. Uh, yes, I am. I'm like, I'm going to jump out of my chair at you. I'm so excited. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this website called YouTube. Um, Never heard so of it. It's spelled Y-O-U <laughs> tube. Um, I am, this just sounds so silly. And I know it sounds like I'm so late to the game, but I 
I don't know why it just clicked in my brain all of a sudden. I love doing video. I love, I mean, yes, they're in the early days of blogging. The only way that I could interact with people was through the written word and through photos, right? And then podcasts became a thing. And that's so wonderful because you can share your voice with people and they can kind of get to know a little bit more of the feel and your intention behind something. And then video is, it feels like the next obvious step. And it's something that I'm really comfortable doing. I I'm really comfortable on camera and I have this kitchen space that I built last year and we got to move into, and I'm like, why am I not doing more videos? And so we're going to do, we're going to launch a YouTube channel and I'm pumped. We're going to publish, um, it all, oh my gosh. I mean, it just feels ordained, but like all the pieces are falling into place. I've had this dream videographer. Her name is Grayson, which is actually the name of my oldest daughter. <laughs> and um, it was inspired because I adored this person so much, not necessarily a namesake, because I think that might feel like a lot of pressure to her, but <laughs> <laughs> especially because now she's an employee. Um, but she has always been this dream videographer for me. Every time we've worked together, I was like, oh my gosh, it's just so wonderful working with her. And at the same time that I just, I thought, oh yes, this is it. We need to do YouTube. Um, she messaged me that she was moving to town and was interested if there was any opportunity to work more together. I was like, oh my goodness. And so we are going to do that. We're going to publish two to three videos on YouTube a week for the next wow. year. That's amazing. You really are good on camera. Um, oh, thank you. I can tell you feel comfortable because like watching like all your videos pop up on your, on your website, you just seem like we're friends, like welcome to my kitchen. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> I would be, kitchen- I'd be terrified, but you are just like owning it. Like, so I could totally see that being like super exciting for you. <laughs> it took, it took years of being terrified. Don't think that I didn't have that also. <laughs> It's just like, it's kind of like podcasting. You know, I, when I first started podcasting, I would, I would write out every single word I would say before I podcasted and would read my script <laughs> on the Fed and Fit podcast. When I did that, I had 200 episodes there. And I think I did that for 35 episodes. And then I thought, oh, maybe I'll just do an outline. And then that became more comfortable, you know, and it's just like, you just learn to trust yourself as time goes on. And I completely forgot that you had a podcast and I'm, I, I kept thinking you were guests on, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I listened to your podcast. And so you're not doing that anymore. Correct. You said 200 episodes. Yes. I closed the chapter. I closed the book at 200. Maybe I'll open it again one day. I don't know. I got to the point where after 200 episodes, I was like, well, I think I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I've said it all. Oh. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Uh, but I completely understand that I used to write out everything I was going to say. And then after a while, I'm like, man, I'm tired of planning this much. It's exhausting. It is. It's twice as much work as rolling with it. And then I think your content's probably better when you don't. I agree. It's more authentically you in that moment. And I don't know, I find I'm a better listener when I don't have everything planned out. It's like, I'm more in the moment. I'm present really listening to what the other person is saying versus trying to think of the next thing that I wrote down that I want to say. So I I completely agree with that. Um, Okay. So I know our time is coming to an end. Um, I am huge on words, uh, quotes. um, And I just thought if you could have, if there's one quote that's like truly resonating with you right now in this season of life, what would that quote be? Oh my gosh. A couple. Well, I thought I, I thought I knew the one I was going to say, but another one just popped into my head. Oh, awesome. Um, 
So the one that just popped into my head, I think it's William Shakespeare, um, but it is love all trust a few do wrong to none. And I don't know, that has been something that I've, those words I've circled around since I was in college. Um, and I think that that really summarizes my approach to life in a lot, in a lot of ways is just to love all people. And that's something that I really try to show, try to lead very heart forward, um, to trust very few. And that's a mistake that I, that's something that I haven't done perfectly is I think that I've trusted a lot of people that maybe it was too soon, you know, to make that call. Um, and then to try to do wrong to nobody. And with that comes, you know, learning as much as we've learned, um, recently, for example, but to do no wrong is actually a call to action versus, um, a, a passive note. And it's something that I think is just really important and very convicting. The other quote that I was rattling around, which is going to sound more trite, um, is the it's Coco Chanel and how she says, before you take, leave the house, you take one accessory off. <laughs> yeah, and, I just read that too. <laughs> did you? Yes. And I think about it in terms of not to, uh, I hope this doesn't sound contrived and pull it too far back to food, but I think it's appropriate when it comes to other things in life. You know, whenever we're planning something, my tendency, I say we, I, but really I'm thinking about myself whenever I'm planning something, whether it's meals for the week, it's a Saturday morning. I woke up early. I got a cup of coffee in me. I'm eating a muffin. I'm feeling great. Like I'm going to tackle the world. And I think now I'm going to plan my meals for the family for the next week and all my activities and all the things we're going to do in that super rested, quiet moment. I feel like I can plan. I can, we can do it all. We can do it all. And then some, it's going to be great. Raising me the best week ever. (laughs) But in reality, if I follow that plan, I'm exhausted. And then when I don't follow it perfectly, I feel like I've let myself down you know, and I feel like I failed this plan that I set, you know, this thing that I determined. And so when it comes to planning things or making commitments, I think that it's important to, before we put it out there and before we leave the world, you know, with all of our accessories on to take one thing off and to simplify it down and to make it even easier on ourselves so that hopefully when the week is over, we, we were able to follow the plan loosely and feel like it was a win you know, and feel like we still have some more energy in our tank and can't, you can't wait for the next one. I'm so aligned with you right there. I just read an article. It was called experience versus expectation. And I just said, you know, the less expectations we make, it makes our experience that much more meaningful and we're more fully present. So like the whole less is more, I'm totally on board with totally. I find myself a much happier mama who can like even woman, human being, to ebb and flow with what what comes my way instead of like, oh, I have to get that done. That's what I said I was going to do. So I love all of that so much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We're getting to the end Um, and we are huge on action. I know you you mentioned a little bit about um, not being passive and we're very much like, if there's one actionable tip you could give to our audience and our community just to be more intentional and just to live a happier life, what would that be? Uh, An actionable tip, I would say I would, I'm going to sound really bossy, but I would love for you to audit your boundaries. I think that if you're finding yourself feeling tired, feeling stretched, 
feeling like you are not able to meet the demands of everybody in your life, it could be a symptom of unset or unupheld boundaries. And so do a quick audit on them. And it doesn't have to be a huge exercise. It can be just simply thinking about it the next time you're in your car and then maybe writing it down afterwards and getting it on paper and visually looking at it and then communicating that to the key players in your life. And it might feel rigid. It might feel inflexible, but in reality, you're going to get a lot of freedom by having blocks of time that are intended for certain things. Um, Another boundary that I didn't talk about earlier, for example, that I set or were really trying to do better about is going out on a date night with my husband. You know, that is because he's such a great guy and because we've got such a great relationship, it's so easy to say, oh, let's not, let's not this week, right? (laughs) Like you're tired. I'm tired. I would rather, I need work. I need to do work, you know, or we need to do X, Y, Z. It'd be so easy to skip that. But by saying we have this night set aside for just us. And even if we're just getting drive through and sitting in the car somewhere (laughs) and talking, it doesn't have to be anything fancies. Like it doesn't have to be a dinner reservation somewhere, for example. But setting those time aside really allow us to then pour into each other in a meaningful way and having that dedicated time. And so I would encourage you to audit your boundaries, establish really firm time blocks where you can, and you might find that you actually have more freedom within a structure like that. Yes. And yes. And yes. Date nights. We're big proponents on that. It's, and it's, I don't know if you noticed that the conversations you have with your spouse in your home versus outside the home when you're by yourself are completely different. And it's like, you can't explain why, but it's just, I don't know. We just have really great, creative, engaging conversations when, even if Lucille's asleep and we're still in her home, it's like when we're outside of our home, completely different. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but Totally. Well, because when we're inside the home, at least for me, when I'm thinking about it, it's like the girls have gone to bed and it's 8.30 and we're both wandering in the bedroom and we're talking about something, but out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, he's not put his laundry away. <laughs> or out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, did you just hear the dog knock? The dog wants it. Like there's other things yeah. at play that come in and like, you know, are you, are you going to get that or should I get that? Like, <laughs> you know, those, so kinds, those kinds of things influence it. Oh, well, Cassie, this conversation has been a dream. Thank you so much for for coming on here and sharing your wisdom and the the awesomeness of your new book. I can't wait to see it in like real life. Um, So if other people want to get in contact with you or just see what you're posting on that weird website called YouTube, um, (laughs) where can others (laughs) connect with you just to get more of you? Uh, the best place to find all of our content is going to be fedandfit.com. That's the website where there's gosh, at this point, 1200 recipes, free recipes for you there and wellness articles, publishing lots new every week. Um, if you like peanut butter cookies, we got you covered now. <laughs> and then I'm probably the most active on social media until YouTube is, uh, you know, alive and well. Um, but I'm the most active over on Instagram on fed and fit. And if you're curious more about cook one center fix and how this whole concept comes to life, no, it can be challenging. You're saying you're a visual person. It can be challenging to think, to visualize how does this actually work? So I've been doing a lot of demos on Instagram for folks. So they should be, those are saved to highlights. If you want to click through and find one that you enjoy. Yay. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much. I guess we can end it here. So that's a good place, a good place to land.
Thank you so much. All right. What a great episode, Jilly. How was that for you? I mean, I thought it was epic, but I'm biased, but I, I'm definitely such a heart critic of myself. I'm thinking like, man, I should have asked this question or I should have been ready for this just because I don't know when the next time I'm going to talk to her. She's such a sweetie though. She was like, listen, if you need anything, just let me know. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'll see you later. <laughs> and I was like, how do I end it with you? <laughs> I thought you ended it very well. Uh, and Cassie, thanks. that's just an open invitation to have you back on the, the show. And maybe this time we'll both get to, uh, to chat with you. That would be fun. That would be really cool. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing review or simply sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action. And action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. See y'all later.